group of volunteers. We rely entirely on donations from our listeners to keep the station running, and no amount is too small. If you love listening to us, please hit the donate button on our website at tringradio.co.uk. And remember, any money left over after we have met our small running costs will be donated to charity. Late Night Caller with Tony Dean. Friday nights live, 10 till midnight. Join the conversation. Call 01-442-780-831. Tony Dean on Tring Radio. Amber Signs and Print of Berkhamsted. For all your signs and stationary requirements, visit ambersigns.com or email info at ambersigns.com. We specialize in vehicle signage and wraps, business signage, wall art and murals, window films, business cards, and stationery. Make an impact for your business with Amber Signs. Tring Radio, the best music mix for you. Hello, good afternoon. This is Simon Nelson on Business Drive on Tring Radio. It is Thursday and five o'clock. Welcome to the show. Got some great stuff going on for you today. We're going to be talking to Patrick Burke, who is raising money for the MS uh, Society based down in Halton. We're going to be talking to Suzanne Herndl from HR Inspire, a local business based in Tring, about some of the challenges around the ending of furlough and their philosophy on helping people with employment issues. And then we're going to be talking to Andy Simpson from the Copper House uh, Bar and Restaurant down in Berkhamsted. Um, took plenty of his time to talk to us about how he changed his career and how the business really got started. All of them naming their theme tune and all of them naming their superheroes. Uh, so it's going to be a great show. Stick with us. Uh, I'm going to kick off now with my first track, which is my theme tune these days, Elton Castell and The Fun in Life. Simple plan. Scotty Sire. It's LT. All right, boys, you ready? What? Sunday. Check it out. Not every day is going to be a good day. Not everything is going to go your way. It's all about the way you think. Rise from your past. And don't sing Used to be the kid on the back of the bus Everybody looked at me and never gave a fuck So what? Cause now I'm here to make a statement The road you follow doesn't have to be pavement Go out without doubt, make your own path Never focus on the problems, there's no simple math Be a square, stick to your roots, no equation You got nothing to prove 25,185 About how many days we have alive Take every single one and make it count Get drunk, stay edge, go flex No one's gonna get a drink from the fountain of youth That's just the truth But one thing I've learned I'll break the news Chase your dreams but never run out of breath Make earth your stage for performance Gotta be your best Find yourself, love yourself, pass it on If life is a show, make this your theme song Take chances, don't ever think twice Mistakes are made, that's the fun in life <laughs> Not every day is gonna be a good day Not everything is gonna go your way It's all about the way you think Rise from your past, don't sing Not every day is gonna be a good day Not everything is gonna go your way It's all about the way you think Rise from your past, don't sing I've been down to the dust, bearing the weight of the world Broken hope, broken 
broken heart Wondering where do I start when I realize something What doesn't kill you doesn't matter With each defeat I grow and become happier I used to do tricks on command Roll over, then I realize my potential Supernova, legacy is not defined by who knows ya Over two million to witness Jehovah Keep my head up high, only see the bright side Progress is my bullseye, I'll breathe that till I die Sorry, taking risk is a part of the game And I only pass go in the left lane Keep this track and repeat like it's your heartbeat Singing from mesquite to roots to Wall Street Life will never feel complete if it's treated like a worksheet Happy ever after is the only truth Not every day is gonna be a good day Not everything is gonna go your way It's all about the way you is a fantasy take my hands and come dance with me the whole world is watching but we ain't we ain't we ain't ever stopping remember perfection is a fantasy take my hands come and dance with me the whole world is watching Hi, this is Simon Elson on uh, Tring Radio, and today I'm talking to Patrick Burke. Patrick, would you mind just telling us who you are and what you do? Hello, yes. I used to be a contract analyst programmer um, working on back office banking, working all over the world. My word, that's a title and title and four tenths, isn't it? That's incredible. Incredible. What a great, uh, what a great sounding job. And so when did you finish being a business banking programmer, super duper analyst? <laughs> I stopped in 2012. Um, I was forced into, well, med- medical retirement grabbed me and okay. forced me to stop doing the work because I, you had no option. You had to work a five day week, eight hour day. And suddenly I was doing, I was gone for a job where you had to do the commuting yeah. and the commuting up to London and doing the job suddenly became too much for me because of my multiple sclerosis. So for the benefit of the listeners, I think you were diagnosed in 95, but continued to work for some 17 years or so. But uh, I guess, you know, to some extent battling through that, uh, that process, but medical retirement's a tough one, right? So how did you, uh, how did you cope with leaving what was an international, you know, important job to suddenly doing nothing? What was that like? It was, it was quite, I can only see how difficult it was looking back with the benefit of hindsight. You suddenly lost this, um, working with a group of people, communication, being valued, um, being part of a team, being given tasks to do, meeting deadlines, going to meetings, talking over the water fountain. They're things you take for granted when you work. It's just a part of your life. It's like getting up and putting on a suit and tie. Yeah. And suddenly they just went. And I went, oh, God, it's just disappeared. Yeah. And a friend of mine 
was wrote up a really smart Alec and told me just set up a website, Patrick. I will. I know someone who can do the basic groundwork for you. Interesting. Give you a proper website and do it. You've got a fantastic story to talk about with your um, your multiple sclerosis, the way you're you're doing your life, and you're an interesting guy. Sit down and do it. Amazing. Amazing. So you went from being full full time in work in in London, and in fact, all over the place, didn't you? You're working all over the world, I think. Yeah, I was jetting off, you know, going to all over Europe. Um, been to Kazakhstan. I worked in Al Martin, Kazakhstan, for a year, and that was fantastic fun. Um, Caribbean, um, Central Europe. Yeah, yeah, you just went. We just went where you were. You're off the gig. Absolutely, absolutely. And then here you are, I guess, um, you know, stuck in one place, unable to travel. You're unable to drive at that point? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so MS, you know, again, for the listener's benefit, MS is quite debilitating. So it impacts your ability to walk, impacts your ability to drive, clearly doesn't impact, impact your intelligence or your ability to articulate on a radio interview, which is, uh, which is great, Patrick. Um, and so tell me a bit, a bit about the website. So you gave up this important job and you were focused on the website. What was the website intended to do? Um, initially I had sort of grandiose plans for it, but I rapidly realized that I hadn't got the skills to develop a website with the complexity that was required. So I evolved a very simple website and I basically, I review, I find items which will be of interest and helpful to people who are disabled Okay. in some way or another. So things like it's a, I, thought I met a person who's designing a cup, um, and it's really great if you've got a tremor, a, a tremor, yeah, because your hand moves, yeah, but the the cup stays vertical, yeah, yeah, okay, got it. Um, uh, and things like measuring jugs, if you're if you can't when you're disabled, you can't think and talk, you can't walk and talk, right, okay, so. You can't hold up a measuring jug yeah. and pour hot water into it at the same time and see how much you've put in. Oh. That's three things you've got to do at once. And inevitably, you will spill something. <laughs> so why not put the measuring jug onto a surface yeah. and pour the water into it and be able to look down yeah. and see how much you've put in? Very good. Wow. So simple. Fantastic. Eh? So, so simple. Yeah. yeah. And you don't need a prescription. It's there on Amazon for you to yeah. buy. Yeah. So my challenge that I set myself was to find things like that that make life easier for people. So the mobility scooter, I've got a really whizzy mobility scooter. Yeah. Um, that's the envy of everyone I know <laughs> that I found by chance. Okay. It just suits me right down to the ground. I can yeah. get onto it in the kitchen and drive down to Waitrose or anywhere else, or down into London with on, on, onto the train. Got it, got it. So aid4disabled.com, aid4disabled.com, is, uh, I've, I've been nosing around your website, Patrick. It's great to see um, advice, articles that might be of interest to people, uh, products, as you rightly say, covered in there as well, which is, uh, which is great. So if anybody wants to take a peek at that, aid4disabled.com. Patrick is, uh, Patrick's has handsome face is on the front of the screen with a little video. Uh, welcoming everybody to the site as well so that's uh, that's super but i think there was something else that we wanted to kind of get into as well and wasn't the patrick talking about 
Uh, so we talked a little bit there about resilience and about you know um, refocusing yourself. A lot of people in today's um, world, coronavirus uh, impact has been huge, and so there's a lot of that um, uncertainty around. Um, and I know that the um, MS Centre in uh, the Chilton MS Centre, I should say, in Halton, um, has also been impacted by coronavirus. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yes, that that is a an amazing place. Um, people with MS go there. And the physiotherapists will help you. They will help you with walking, all sorts of problems. There's a, 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 a you can get hydrotherapy, so you go into a pool and walking becomes easier because there's less weight. Yeah. Um, they just, well, whatever, whatever problem you have, they will help you with. But it's not only that, all the people in there have got MS as well. So you haven't got to explain the problems you've got they understand if you cut off the conversation and go go to the loo they know yeah yeah that is just something with ms and live with it yeah yeah um so there's no there's no embarrassment and it's a it's a fantastic building so has it been closed it's been shut over the uh the pandemic it had to be okay um because you couldn't have close contact yeah of course and they only do um I think it's one person at a time doing physio. Right. Um, that is registered as needing physio. A lot of it is online. Your exercises yeah. um, is done online. And they're just gradually opening it up. But what's been so difficult is that this centre doesn't receive... The only funding this centre receives is, is comes from donations made by the general public. Okay. And this is a huge building that has to be run. It costs well over a million pounds a year. And I'm guessing so March, needs... April, May, June, July, August, so it's probably been closed for six months, so no donations effectively for, for that period of time? Yeah, that's right. Wow. And so um, I, I decided that it was my time to make, 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 make a contribution towards, towards it by doing a sponsored walk. Okay. So, so I'm going to be doing, uh, well, I can't walk very far. I can't walk very fast and I walk very slowly. I have to use a, a four wheeled walker that you probably saw your, that your mother-in-law <laughs> or mother's mother-in-law uses to get around. So just, um, just to I, explain, so, so MS impacts the, uh, the spinal cord, the nerves, and so it prevents you from walking properly, is that? Yes, yeah. Okay. What it does is it prevents the messages. Okay. Leave, it, dist- it just affects the nerves in the brain and the spinal cord. Okay. And it makes it much harder for the messages to get down. So, for example, my fingers are very numb. Okay. I have to have a special fork, yeah. which I use. Yeah. The nerves in my fingers are okay. Yeah. But it's the nerves in the spinal cord and brain that are affected. Got it. Okay. So, so I have a terrible sense of humour, Patrick. We don't know each other particularly well. But so, so let me get this right. So it's really hard for you to walk. And so you're going to do a sponsored walk to raise money. Is that right? That's, you've got it in one. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. So how far, are we, how far are we planning on walking? Well, the distance is immaterial. I'm, if I'm lucky, I might manage 800 metres in one hour. Wow. Okay. But the big thing is to be able to walk for one hour, Got to it. stand on my feet and keep walking for an hour, which is not something I've done for a long, long time. I can go out, I can walk for half an hour, yeah. maybe 40 minutes and be okay. Okay. 
but when I do an hour, I am going to be exhausted. And it's, it's an exhaustion that will stay with me until I have had at least one night's sleep. That, that's a bit like you, a bit like an able-bodied person running a marathon, I'm guessing, is the same kind of impact. Yeah, yeah, it is. But, I mean, after a fairly... Yes, it is. Yeah. Much the same. You know, a person who's a, a member of the public goes out and runs a marathon or yeah. a triathlon, they are going to they are going to feel it. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I'm going to feel it, and I have to go out every day and do exercises. Got it. Got it. Okay. And so, how do people donate to this uh, to this worthy cause, Patrick? What's the uh... well? I've got a page on Just Giving. Okay. So it's on Just Giving slash fundraising yeah slash walk for one hour okay um walk then the digit four and yeah. then the words one hour okay great so if anybody goes to justgiving.com if they search walk for one hour patrick burke and that's the place to be donating some funds in aid of the chilton ms center yeah i'm looking to raise an awesome sum of money eye watering but i kind of figure i've seen people do it before and they keep on pushing their target up as the amount of money they receive comes in. Got it. And I Got thought, it. nope, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to stick my neck out on an yeah. awesome amount of money yeah. so how and much challenge myself to raise it. How much are we looking for? £10,000. £10,000. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. And I've just started campaigning. That's, um, that's uh, incredible. I, th- I think the... Um, yeah, it's difficult to kind of, you know, put yourself in somebody else's shoes. But uh, given the little that I, limited amount that I know about MS, uh, walking for an hour would be uh, would be incredible. So, and where are you going to be doing this? Presumably, this is not uphill or down dale. This is on a flat surface somewhere nice. Just outside the MS therapy, therapy centre in Holton. Okay, great, um, stuff. great stuff. You've and got you've got the postcode. 12 noon on Sunday the 13th. Of September. Great stuff. So we could do with a crowd down there to cheer you on, I guess, as well, couldn't we, Patrick? Oh, yeah. Well, it's, I want two things. I want people there to cheer me on, and I want them to, to uh, bring donate some money to my <laughs> Just Giving page. You know, I'm not asking, not asking for the world. Just a Absolutely. bit of help. Super. I think that's a very worthy cause. Great, great to hear your story, and nice to see you, uh, you know, so, so chipper and upbeat. Um, I, it's clearly a great, uh, a great thing for you to be able to achieve. So looking forward to hearing the results of that. And if on Sunday the 13th I'm doing nothing else, I'll be down at the MS Centre uh, cheering you on, Patrick. I think that's brilliant. Look forward to seeing you there. Fabulous. Thanks very much for taking the time to talk to me.
A little bit of Robbie Williams there to just finish off Patrick's interview. He didn't request a song, so I picked that one uh, for him. Uh, did him a little bit of a disservice there because he mentioned the postcode and I didn't give it out. So uh, Patrick's sponsored walk is taking place at HP 225LX on Sunday the 13th. Uh, pop down there, give him a bit of a rousing support if you can. Uh, that would be great. Worthy cause for the Chiltern MS Centre in Holton, HP 225LX, if you're trying to find it. Thank you very much. Stick with us. We've got an interview now coming up with Suzanne from uh, HR Inspire. And then lastly, Andy Simpson from the Copper House in Berkhamstead. Stay with us. So hello, welcome to Tring Radio. This is Simon Elson on The Business Show. And today I'm really pleased to be talking to Suzanne. Suzanne, would you mind just telling us who you are and what you do? Yes, thank you for having me, Simon. Um, so I'm Suzanne Herndl, and I'm the business director for HR Inspire. So we are um, a HR consultancy firm providing outsourced HR for those companies who either um, are small and can't afford it and are growing, so just gradually need that support, uh-huh. right through to enormous commercial businesses who we act as an extension on special projects um, to support the, the people and strategic plan. Fantastic. So a Tring-based business? It is Tring-based business, but we've got um, clients all over the country. So whereabouts are you in Tring, just for people? Um, Aikman Street. Nice. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. Oh, very handy for the Aikman pub then. It is, yes, yes. We'll, we'll uh, often treat a client over there to um, a <laughs> nice cup of coffee for an early morning meeting. Quite right too, quite right too. So a really broad range of HR um, discipline. Very much. Little companies, you said, you know, startups that don't have access to HR otherwise. So how do you compare yourselves to a, there are other organizations out there that offer HR services that 
always feel a bit more like insurance companies you know they provide that's, yeah that's a really good question actually because um, and some of those companies you know very successful very good at what they do but it very much um is more of a call center model whereby you have access to templates you very much have to stick to a script or a structure um and, and that's their model um yeah. you may not necessarily get the the same person each time because of the call center um way of doing things hr inspire is very different in that way our model hence my title relationship director all yeah. of our, our our business is built on relationships a huge amount of our work comes from referrals okay. because we really look after our clients and our HR consultants and advisors um, have such a, a depth and breadth of, of knowledge yeah. um, and they they own those clients. So they really build a rapport. They really build a relationship. We don't tell you what you can and what you can't do. We will, of course, talk about what those risks might be yes. um, when it comes to ER and some of those tricky challenges um, that business leaders might be facing, but with very strong commercial backgrounds as well, particularly um, Sandra and, and the lead um, consultant, Anne, we're able to share our knowledge around that board table to make sure we give practical solutions. Brilliant, brilliant. So, so in a smaller business, I, I get the larger organisations typically have an HR department, one or yeah. two people kind of dedicated to that role. But in the smaller organisations, and particularly when you take on your first member of staff or or two or three, mm -hmm. how, how much do people ignore the intricacies of HR in your experience? I think, and I've spoken to a lot of people um, recently where they've had their staff furloughed and they are finding themselves having to restructure or sadly make redundancy and, and cut some costs. And, and one of the first questions, you know, we'd be asking is let's have a look at that contract. And it is amazing how little they have um, in place, the smaller businesses, because they feel, I think perhaps they can do it themselves until they get to maybe that sweet spot of sort of, oh, I've got 10 employees. I need a bit of help now. But actually, from a legislation point of view, yeah. you know, this is to protect, you know, the business owner as well as the the employee make sure that all the policies are up to date they're ahead of the game on legislation that might be changing and they're protected critical part of uh, managing the risk in a business i guess is probably absolutely correct interesting and so uh, so how long have you you guys been around as a, as a business so yeah i'm um, going into our ninth year wow. so we're um, you almost want to um Fast forward nine and get to 10 and see what would that look like? What will that feel like? Um, so yeah, exciting times ahead. We've been, um, we've been growing pre pretty rapidly and, um, you know, particularly actually through, through the pandemic, supporting, um, local and countrywide businesses with obviously the challenges that they're facing right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fascinating. So that was my, my next question really was, I, I'm guessing like all other businesses, you probably closed at some point in March? Yes, we did. We closed like most businesses on the 24th of March. Um, we had a really great setup um, from home with the right equipment and the right support and the right level of, you know, enthusiasm, which is this is business as usual. Yeah. Um, you know, our clients absolutely need us. Um, we need to be there. We need to be on our A game. And, um, and, and that has continued. We did a phased return um, a short while ago with all the measures in place. And it's really, really worked. And it, and it is a game changer going forward. So we can make sure that those people with childcare want to remain working from home yeah. uh, right now. That works for them. Or through choice, 
So we have people in the office, we have people working from home, we conduct all of our meetings via Zoom and Teams and it's, yeah, it's, it's been fantastic. And that is, uh, you know, that's tipped many businesses on their heads, I think, in terms of a business model. And especially for you, I guess, because a lot of those conversations are one-to-one conversations where somebody will come into the office and spend an hour talking about a challenge. You can now literally click a button and be talking to them over video. Absolutely. You know, I've, I've currently been recruiting for quite um, a, a big role for a client and all those interviews. And then, you know, you've got chairman and managing directors and, and candidates. And, you know, it's just just all happens. And, and I think this is going to revolutionize that the, the forced lockdown and homeworking has really made a lot of companies reset how they work. So I think we're going to be seeing a lot of empty office buildings in the future. Yes, yes, which I guess is unfortunate if you're a bit, if you're a landlord. It is, yes. Shame, <laughs> shame I, for those people. Well, it might solve part of the housing crisis, I guess. Correct, yes, there is that. <laughs> Convert all of those to flats. Um, so you used a word in there which I love, which is, you know, revolutionise. And I think, you know, one of the things that we've taken out a lot of these interviews is exactly that. It's turned businesses on their head. They're doing things that they never intended to do in the first place. Um, so do you think that you'll ever get to a point, um, you know, in the foreseeable where, um, everybody will be back in the office every day, just like they were pre-pandemic? No, not all back in the office, uh, for, for our business and for obviously lots of other businesses. And, and I think that is a, a personal choice um, for companies and for individuals yeah. and for, for business um, leaders and owners to, to really embrace this opportunity to really connect with, with their employees and find out what's what's best for them. You know, there's an awful lot in the media about people's mental health and how it has affected them during this time. Is, yes. it, is it necessary to return back to work? Is it safe to return back to work? And is it mutually agreed to return back to work? Yes. Um, and, and I think lots of people do want to. Um, I know I certainly did. I couldn't wait. I couldn't wait to come back. To escape the spare bedroom, yeah. <laughs> no, no, I had a really good space. but And I really feel for those people that, that don't and are, you know, on shared Wi-Fi and, you know, have had all sorts of challenges. But, um, yeah, I, I think that the dialogue between the company and the employee about how this all works and how they feel um, and how they've been treated and communicated, I think is hugely important. I mean, you've just tipped another thought in my mind there. You know, I'm a big believer that, um, you know, nine to five isn't necessarily what you need to be forcing on your staff these days. It's, it's it, what are the KPIs? Can you get the job done? And if you can get the job done, actually, I don't care when you do it or how you do it, as long as the job gets done. Is that part of this conversation as well? Yeah, definitely. You, you show, give me the results and, and the results will, will most certainly speak for themselves. And, yeah. um, you know, I think employees are finding themselves, they do have a greater to voice um and they want to understand what the new will normal will look like and i think we've heard that that word quite a lot but i've also you know heard some um other challenges where people have where they have um, returned from furlough and actually their businesses changed so much it's almost like they feel like a new starter all over again so what does that new onboarding look like you know what a business is doing to make sure that they are going to get the result because they've brought that person back into the workplace in the right way great point great point so I'm going to ask you the, the most difficult question you've probably not been asked recently, at least I hope not. Uh, what happens at the end of October, Suzanne, from your perspective? Because furlough is coming to an end. You know, that whole government scheme, very generous, I think, you know, pretty well managed, uh, managed to pay 
people's cash flow in time in order to keep people uh, on the team. But that all ends at the end of October. What do you think the impact's likely to be? Um, I think it's going to be pretty devastating, sadly. Um, we're certainly going to see uh, uh, an increase in more job losses. Um, we have personally been focusing um, quite hard um, in being able to offer um, clients some um, outplacements, helping people with their CV, helping how they can put themselves best forward during interviews, how we can coach them, help them, support them, and um, be active on that job um, market. And that is at every single level. Yeah. Um, the, qu the quantity of people, the volume of people applying, hugely talented people applying for all sorts of, of, of jobs to remain yeah. um, in work is, um, it's a, it's going to be a very competitive um, market and I think yeah. yeah lots of challenges ahead yeah a bit tough a bit tough I'm sure you're I'm sure you're right well nice to know you're there and able to help people I think that's of another we are, yes. key part of it so uh, very good very good so a um, couple more questions from me Suzanne um, who's your business superhero that's a really good question um, business hero I think businesses are full of unsung um, superheroes um, I'm a, a big ambassador for diversity and inclusion and you know it can be the guy or girl in the corner that's not really not saying anything and they've got some amazing superpowers so yeah. those people who, who sort of start businesses in their, um, their bedroom their garages from the you know mum and dad's kitchen I think and create millions of jobs and are inspiration for lots of um, communities customers and create tons of jobs I think you know they're real innovators they would be my superhero I love it that's the best answer I've had so far of 60 or 70 interviews that's uh, that's definitely the best answer. oh thank you <laughs> no problem and uh, and so the last question for me is do you have a theme tune Suzanne and if you do what is it and why oh um it would be a shared team um uh, one based on heroes actually and it'd be yeah. David Bowie heroes because okay. if we HR Inspire could be heroes even just for one day yeah. we've helped somebody. So that's that right. gets played nice and loud on the uh, <laughs> Alexa sometimes. <laughs> I love it. Well, don't forget to ask Alexa to uh, tune in the Tring Radio skill. Definitely. And then you can hear us, uh, you can hear us live. So uh, that's brilliant. What, a, what a, a, an amazing business. I, you know, I love what you're doing. A challenging times, as you rightly say. So you know, where do we go to get a bit of support? So nice to know you guys are there and local on Aikman Street in Tring. So HR Inspire, Suzanne Herndl, thank you very much for taking the time to chat to us today. Oh, thank you for having me. Have a great day. Pleasure. Good chat. Take care. Thank you Bye. so much.
got to love a bit love a bit of david bowie on a thursday haven't you so we're just about to uh where are we about halfway through the show now so we're just about to move into an interview with uh andy simpson from copper house bar down in uh, berkhamstead great place if you haven't been um along with all the other fabulous eateries and drinkeries that there are down in the local area um copper house is uh, is a rather pleasant uh, rather pleasant surroundings so andy talks a lot about uh, how he got into the business um changing his corporate role um you'll hear for yourself some of the trials and tribulations that have kind of gone along with that uh but i think uh, they seem to have wear, uh, weathered the storm of covid uh, pretty well uh, and uh, let's hear what andy has to say for himself uh, this is andy's story from copper house in berkhamstead so hello and welcome to Tring Radio. This is Simon Elson on The Business Show and today I've got the great pleasure of talking to Andy. Andy, would you mind telling us who you are and what you do? Yeah, hi everybody. My name's Andy Simpson and I'm the owner of Copper House Bar and Brasserie in Berkhamsted, uh, High Street. Uh, we are effectively a high-end bar that does fantastic food and we've sought to bring a little bit of London to Berkhamsted High Street. Fantastic. Uh, we opened for business in April last year. Um, originally, for all of the owners, it was off the side of a desk. But I'm pleased to say that I'm now full-time in the business Excellent. and have been since the turn of uh, the year, having um, gleefully given up a 35-year <laughs> banking career. Fantastic. Fantastic. So that's some change in career, right? So from a banker to a bar owner. Yeah, I think, though, it's probably everybody's ambition to uh, own a bar and restaurant. Uh, and certainly, if you've been a uh, career banker, you can't wait to make that sort of jump. <laughs> so working in a large corporate organization to working in what is a relatively small business. I don't know, what, 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 how many staff do you have, Andy, in the team? Yeah, so we have um, circa 30 uh, people who are now part of what we would call the uh, Copper House team. Um, and yes, you're right. It is quite a leap, quite a uh, transition from banker to um, hospitality and leisure. But I guess um, as owners and, and indeed, of course, uh, local people who were passionate about food and drink, we just wanted to create uh, a bar and dining experience in our hometown that we'd like to think is now considered to be a truly independent and uh, unique one. Yeah. Um, and whilst uh, Lindsay, my wife, and Paul, our friend and now business part partner, um, have other successful uh, businesses, ventures, um, I've certainly now caught the entrepreneur bug uh, yeah. alongside them and uh, and I can seriously say I'm loving if not every minute of every day <laughs> certainly the vast majority of every minute in every day absolutely well I, I can probably identify one of the highlights of your day which is not having to get on a train and travel into London and back every day yep I was fortunate <laughs> though not to have to commute into Canary Wharf every uh, every day uh, these days, the idea of working uh, from home Remotely, is obviously yeah. very much grounded in the, the corporate way of, uh, of doing things. Yeah. Although I can admit to the times of turning up at Berkhamsted Station and wondering <laughs> why on earth somebody was standing on my spot, yeah. even though it was 6.30 <laughs> in the morning and they should have known that spot was mine. I, I, I think the commuters amongst us will know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, we've all been there. We've all been there. So, so for the listeners who can't see the video that I'm looking at, that is 
is an amazing emblem on the wall in the background there, which is brightly lit. And I guess that's the Copper House logo. Would that be, uh, would that be true? Yeah, that's correct. Um, it's uh, quite literally based on the arches at the front of the historic town hall building that we're fortunate enough uh, to occupy. Yeah. And um, yeah, that's, I guess, a little bit of a nod to uh, our quirkiness. There's a, there's a little bit of neon going on in the site. <laughs> Um, it seems to have been adopted quite well by uh, our okay. regulars and uh, yeah it's certainly a good for a comment or two if not nothing else absolutely so so in terms of location so just remind me so april 2019 you opened so yeah so that's that correct yeah we opened in uh, april 2019 uh, to quite a bit of fanfare yeah. um, and obviously you know we've enjoyed building our reputation and obviously our customer base yeah. um, as the months have passed and we're also uh, quite fortunate to have around 3,000 customers who have become uh, formally known as friends of Copper House which yeah. you know we've been able to tap into at uh, various times which has been you know quite rewarding I must say. Yeah, absolutely. So, so, so this is a business show. So I'm really keen to understand how you managed to sneak your way in and grab such a fabulous location in Berkhamsted because that's the Carluccio's building as well. Absolutely. And I think first and foremost, you know, hats off to Berkhamsted Trust who have the responsibility for the building. And it would have been very easy for the trustees to take yet another chain a yeah. Carluccio's, a Shea Gerard, a Cafe Uno, etc., etc., yeah. who's occupied the building previously, and it was quite a quite a leap of faith, really, and, and real courage to give it to uh, four local people, yeah. maybe with entrepreneurial instincts, but admittedly had never run a hospitality and leisure business previously yeah um so yeah we were delighted that they took that leap of faith brilliant brilliant yeah i love the location i always thought it was great when it was occupied by the previous uh, previous occupants but uh, but clearly now totally different uh, totally different ball game so um changing careers you know for you banker to restaurant bar owner um psychologically andy that's got to be a massive change for you what, you know, what's your mindset like having shifted from that environment to this one i mean absolutely um you're you're spot on in terms of change of um change of mindset and i guess for me whilst i always knew that the skills would be transferable the patience and resilience that's required in both running your own business and particularly this sector which has its own unique challenges particularly on the sort of suppliers and you know uh, people uh, people from um, yeah that's definitely been um, you know quite a quite a change and quite a different experience yeah. for me yeah absolutely and so how um, how has it been recruiting locally so it's over a year now we'll come back to COVID in a minute ignore COVID but recruiting locally you know getting people trained delivering the service in the way that you want how, how has that been as a, as a challenge have you found that easy or is well it I think it's I think um, the sector as a whole you know as I said has its um, specific challenges it's not necessarily 
um, a career for everybody. If you are a professional, for example, back a house in the kitchen, yeah. you know, that's a lifestyle choice as well as an employment choice. Yeah. And also, of course, in this country, whilst we all love to be served um, with um, panache experience and expertise, it's fair to say that a lot of British people don't necessarily see it as a uh, long-term career. Career choice, yeah. And yeah. so the idea of finding the right people at the right time to join the business is, is, is and was a, uh, you know, quite a challenge. Yeah. There is quite a uh, recruitment scramble, I would say, for the best people yeah. um, that's highlighted in this industry. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And I'm guessing that, you know, leading up to March, end of end of March time, you've got 30 odd people on board. So what did it, uh, what was the process you went through when lockdown was announced? Just talk me through. Well, well, I have to say that March the 20th, 2020 will be a date that I will never, ever forget. Um, In fact, Simon, I would say um, it was probably the worst day in my 35 years of either being in a corporate structure or owning my own business having to quite literally guillotine the business close the doors and say to people that have become part of the family um we're closing and i have absolutely no idea what is going to happen to us or you going forward was a tough tough day yeah 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 incredible incredible so 30 odd people uh, I guess no furlough announced at that point. You know, no, none of the supporting uh, grants or anything else were out and about. You've just locked the doors, sent everybody home, and yeah, must have been. Must have yeah, been. it was quite a sobering, yeah. quite a sobering experience, and and one I truly hope that you know myself and other people um, who have felt similar circumstance, yeah. um, you know, never have to go through again. To be brutally honest. Great, absolutely. So did you take advantage when they were announced of the government scheme? So there was a hospitality scheme, obviously furlough for the for the staff. Yeah, absolutely. And I would say that um, without turning this into a political show rather than a business-related show, <laughs> Simon, you know, I think the, 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 the Chancellor's done some fantastic things. I mean, the furlough scheme gave everybody immediate hope that yeah. you could keep people together. Um, and then obviously, latterly, we've had the eat-out scheme which again i think has given everybody um a sort of turbo boost mm. and confidence as they reopened uh, the doors um, so that's been very very positive um but i would have to admit uh, simon that you know there were times early early on rather during lockdown where we wondered if we would reopen at all yeah you know we actually got little or no support from decorum borough council or um, our bankers um, and therefore you know at times early on it was really hard to navigate a way forward yeah. as to how you would come through this crisis and come out the other and come out the other side yeah yeah um, but the, the tipping point for us Simon um, was that during lockdown after about six to eight weeks we decided to survey those 3,000 friends of Copper House that had formally signed up to hear from us. Yeah. And do you know, we had uh, over 1,400 responses. Really? Wow. And of those 1,400 responses, 99.9% of them were incredibly uh, positive and 
um, encouraging us really to, you know, almost dust ourselves down yeah. and come back um, stronger than stronger than ever, I guess. I love um, and so when I look back at that now, I, I can honestly say I think what we did was use that um, positive feedback that we got from the local community almost to like put fuel in the copper house tank yeah, yeah. and give us the real kickstart that we needed to come back and you know we haven't really taken a, a backward step since great that's really really good to hear so four months closed i'm guessing you opened late 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 july yeah we opened back in late july and you know and i think like most establishments really you know we've really seen business come back yeah. uh, as i said you know the chancellor's had the eat out scheme i think that's given everybody a boost Agreed. we're a commuter town yeah and therefore i think again what we've noticed is two things one people aren't commuting yeah yeah and therefore there are is more people around in the high street during the week particularly of a lunchtime agreed i think it's fantastic and very very healthy that those commuters like me who was definitely one of them who, who never took a break at lunch absolutely i think they're now finding a much healthier balance in the way that they approach their working day and i think that we're seeing a you know some real knock-on benefits for the uh for the high street Agreed. and also i think obviously people haven't traveled abroad yes so that migration perhaps that we did used to see in july and august yeah. hasn't necessarily happened and of course all of this is going to be very interesting to see september onwards Absolutely. as to what what the new norm is yeah you know people are asking me what 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 is the new norm? And yeah, I'm saying, yeah. do you know, I don't really know. <laughs> I really don't have a first yeah. clue. Let's I, I, get August, September <laughs> done, dusted, and then we might be able to step back and understand what the new norm Absolutely. is. Absolutely. I had a conversation with somebody the other day who said you can't say the new normal, right? I hate that phrase. You have to call it the new new. Yeah, and I think that's a much <laughs> more accurate way of calling it, right? Absolutely. Much more accurate. And, and, and um, I will be uh, using that going forward. Most Great. Definitely. So, so plagiarizing, <laughs> plagiarizing this and your show. Uh, that's what I always do. So no worries, no worries there. So, so back from the 21st, so you've been open, what's that, uh, about four weeks, four and a half, yep. five weeks? And has it been okay? Has the traffic been good enough? Are you it, it's, up in been the a, it's been a phenomenal response. Wow. And we are truly appreciative of people coming back out to support the local independent businesses and i and i'm not just talking about copper house Mm. you know um it's great to see that other establishments have had that bounce as well and i think i can speak for for all those in the sector locally that we are massively appreciative of, of people coming out to to support us brilliant Brilliant. Really good. Uh, really good story that I, I'm definitely gonna have to pop down and uh, sip a cocktail or two. We'll have a we'll have a deeper, a mi- more meaningful chat about some of this stuff. But uh, great to hear your story. So I've got two more questions for you, Andy. Sure. First question, um, probably not quite as important as the second question, but who's your business superhero if you have one and uh, and why? Yeah, that's a, a fantastic question. And I and I wish I had a really uh, straightforward and quick answer. But unfortunately, I, I, I don't. Um, 
you know, when you've worked for a major corporate like I have for 35 years, there's a number of people that's shaped your career and your approach and, and your outlook. And I've been very fortunate to see a number of, you know, super successful business people yeah. um, on platform and, and, and have, you know, taken the, the nuggets that were very personal to me. Um, but I have to say, and please excuse me for being a little bit twee up front, uh, but in no the last worries. couple of years since I've opened my own business alongside um, Lindsay, my wife, I, I've come to recognize what true sort of dynamic approach and, and persistence and resilience is. And, and, and Lindsay has very quickly become my uh, very individual and personal superhero. And you know, people who have met Lindsay and the customers who have met Lindsay will know exactly what I mean. And they no longer talk about someone, you know, operating on Duracell batteries because Lindsay definitely operates on Tesla batteries. <laughs> I love that. That's a great. Uh, that's a great compliment. Great compliment. What, what's her day job? HR, as I recall. She basically um, has um, run her own businesses for the last ten years, yeah. and um, she's, um, you know, very recently sold one business, and she's now consulting in a couple of other businesses. So, yeah, she she certainly hasn't stayed still for very long. I love it. I love it. Great, great story. Uh, so let's round, round off with your theme tune, uh, Andy. Do you have a theme tune? And if you do, what is it and why? I I I, I most certainly have a theme tune. Um, for those who are listening that are old enough to know. It's a fire starter by uh, the prodigy. I just love the energy that that track exudes, and I guess it's a very, I guess, personal idea of of igniting something, igniting passion and ambition, yeah. and that sense of danger and edge in people that that track brings connotations um, for me. Love it. Love it. That's a great track. So we've had no Prodigy on this show so far. We've had just about everything else. So that'll be a first. So uh, it's a great choice. Great choice. We'll play the track out after the interview plays out. So uh, you get to listen to yourself and then dance around to the Prodigy afterwards. Then. And I guess, Simon, at this point, I should, should apologize to your listeners for that track. It <laughs> won't be to everyone's taste. And I hope I don't ruin your, your uh, listening figures for that two or three minutes that we, you can bear listening to it. <laughs> we've had Beethoven, we've had uh, Bing Crosby, we've had Sham 69, we've had just about everything so far. So you're a, that's a great choice, mate. Great choice. It's definitely nearer Sham 69 than Bing Crosby. It definitely is. It definitely is. Great, great to talk to you, Andy. Really appreciate you taking the time. Thanks ever so much. And as I say, I'm sure we'll be back for a follow-up chat. But, uh, but in the meantime, thanks for taking the time and uh, good luck. Thanks, Simon. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. All right, mate. Be good. Well, that's it. It's been a great show today. Uh, I'm going to leave you with a little bit of The Prodigy. And don't forget, we're back on Monday at 6 o'clock. This is Simon on The Business Show, Tring Radio. See you soon.
There you have it. Gotta love a bit of the prodigy or not. That certainly burst my eardrums for the day. So lovely to see you all. Thanks ever so much for uh, listening. And we'll be back on Monday at uh, six o'clock on Monday for a, for a whole hour. See you then. National News on Train Radio.